Thursday at noon. You know what time it is. It's Ergo. I am Daniel Kisslinger, Damon Williams, on his way up the stairs from his parking spot right now. You know, it's a little crucial out there trying to find a spot in Hyde Park. Um, but we're here. We have another strong invoice from Chicago and beyond joining us on the air in a couple minutes. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let the, uh, the mystery build a little bit. Damon will be up here in a minute. Uh, and we're going to be ready to go. A couple announcements, starting it off up top. You know, we like to bring that in up top. Uh, tonight at the Promontory, uh, there's a great show put on by uh, Bliffs for Life featuring Jean Grey, in from New York, one of my favorite rappers, uh, personalities, comedians. She's fantastic. That's uh, tonight. I realize we never say the date on the air, and people listen to the podcast whenever, so it's a little dicey. Uh but yeah, tonight, uh, 1-7, January 7th at the Promontory, Gene Gray, come through to that. Um, and I'll leave the other ones for once Damon gets up here, because we have a couple things to talk through. So before we get to our strong young voice for the week, uh, I'll just say her name, Veronica Morris Moore is in the building. Um, why don't we start with one of the songs that I've been playing, you know, as, as uh, things get tough here in January... You know, not that much light out here. Sometimes you need music to bring you a little hope. This is what Laura Mavul has been doing for me for the last, I don't know, couple weeks or so on repeat. Here's one of my favorite songs by her. She. You're listening to Ergo, WHPK, ErgoRadio.com. She walked towards you with a head down low. She wondered if there's a way out of the blue. Who's gonna take her home this time? She knew that this time wouldn't be the last time. Looking for a savior Someone to save her from a dying self Always taking ten steps back and one step forward She's tired But she don't stop
What's up, everybody? I'm late on the job, but we are here and we getting it cracking. Appreciate Kiss for holding it down on, on the pseudo intro, but you are here. It is noon 06, uh, and this is Ergo Radio on a Thursday. I am Damon. I am Daniel. Finally back in the studio together. It feels like it's been I forever. I feel like, yeah. It was only like one week, but it feels like I missed you, man. Yeah. Did, was, it, was it lonely in here without me? I actually just cried for an hour on the radio last week. It was <laughs> really tough. Hugged yourself. It was an emotional moment, yeah. Where, well, we killed all of our b- BSing time. <laughs> we killed all our BSing time with, with my tardiness. Uh, so we're going to get right to it. Um, today... I am honored to have this guest here with us. Um, one of the most like ferocious, brilliant, powerful, dopest, realest people, not in the city, in, in the world. Uh, Veronica <laughs> Morris Moore. What's up, Veronica? Hey, hey. <laughs> How are you? I'm great after that. Yeah. Introduction. Intro. So I'm gonna tell you something that like I tell other people all the mm. time. Um, as a, as a, a in in our organizing community, for those who don't know Veronica, and we're gonna get right into it. Um, she's a a no pun intended, fearless, <laughs> a fearless leader in this city. Um, and and I, I tell people all the time as someone who's starting to garner some attention from this work um, that you are the dopest. Like you are the, you are kind of like, the, not kind of, you are like the rawest in, ter- in terms of seeing you in, in insulated spaces and seeing how you operate publicly, um, the way you speak about the issues of our people in this city Um there's something unique, and 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 it's not just your rhetoric, right? You did mm-hmm. the work, um, and I just want to applaud you Thank because you. because of you Thank and because you. of the people you work with. Um, there's now going to be a trauma center on the south side of Chicago where, where young black people are dying. True. So I, I appreciate you for helping save lives, literally. No problem. I appreciate folks for supporting us. You know, folks like you, people who always hold it down, like at marches on Facebook, on Twitter. So all of us love. Like we made it happen together. Word, word, word. Um, so, real quick, we're going to just, I just want to, we don't want to assume that people know mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Um, so, for five years now, there's been no trauma center <laughs> on the South Side. First things first, what is a trauma center? Well, a trauma center is a place in a hospital that is specifically there to deal with traumatic injuries, like gunshot wounds, when people get in car accidents and things like that, they go to a trauma center. And so it hasn't been one on the South Side um, in over 20 years. Oh, wow. The university, the trauma network opened up on the South Side like around 86. The University of Chicago closed theirs. They opened theirs in like 88. They closed in 89. So they only had it open for a year. And the reason they the, the reason that they cited why they closed it was financial reasons. It was costing them $1.5 million a year. Um, <laughs> it wasn't even open long enough for the paint to dry. That's crazy. No, no, not even. And when the University of Chicago closed their trauma center, um, consequently everything else, um, other hospitals like Michael Reese, which then eventually closed its doors. Right, right? that's where I was born. It doesn't even exist no Exactly. More. And so um, it, it, it's been an issue for a really, really long time. And the young people uh, that are a part of Fly and a part of Phyllis Leading Mighty Youth decided to start this campaign because they lost a, a really close friend and the co-founding member of Fly, Damian Turner. And it was something that, you know, young people have been dealing with trauma for a really long time, especially with the increase in gun violence, right? Especially with the decrease and, and, in resources. And, and you, Damian was lost to gun violence? Yeah, Damian was shot in his back on, right on 61st and Cottage Grove, so minutes away from where we are right now. So, so the point is, if he didn't have to be driven downtown... Yeah. His chance of surviving would have increased. And him and friends that he lost, you know, he, while he was there here, he felt like it should be a trauma center at the University of Chicago. He felt like the University of Chicago should be held accountable to the community and things like that. And if he hadn't lost his life the way he did, he would probably be sitting here right now talking to you. Right. So I, well, I'm going to let Dan hop in here too, because I don't, I don't want to over-dominate with the questions. <laughs> but um, for... for I hate when people do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway, because um, I know there's people listening who who may have you know pushback. Um, for those who say, why is it a private university's responsibility, right? Like, why do y'all hold them accountable to the extent that you do when it should maybe be the duty of the state mm-hmm. or 
How, other hospitals. To, I to do love this. that question. Actually, um, is is different from, from our listeners, even though they didn't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, y'all. The the reason why it should be the responsibility of the University of Chicago, right? Because on paper, it's a private hospital, right? But it's also a hospital that sees receives a lot of tax breaks, right? For for being um, a not for profit hospital, okay. it's a hospital that you know takes up a lot of space on the south side Mm. it's an institution that has caused gentrification in our neighborhoods they also benefit from cheap labor right all the black folks working in the cafeteria all the black people you see standing outside in the rain sleet and snow um on corners doing security for the university of chicago ucpd patrols our neighborhood you know i so why not why how come with all of its vast resources can't they save lives if that's if they're the forefront of medicine i think the two most important parts of that would be they're being subsidized yeah um and then the the effects they have through gentrification absolutely and a privatized police i mean that's the one that to me like always bugged me is like don't tell me that you don't feel like a sense of response like you you can't play the like I'm a pri- we're a private separate thing card if you're like also the ones policing the streets like that's crazy the largest private police force in the world if I'm not mistaken absolutely and I have no interest in, in caring about anybody's private anything <laughs> they're life. my neighborhood far as I'm concerned yeah, if, so, you're, if you're there if you physically are there and taking up physical and resources and cultural space like you have a responsibility yeah. you know like we used to chant and the we and still to this day how can you ignore when we're dying at your door yeah. like forget what your private status is there's people Damien was shot minutes walking distance away from this hospital like yeah. what does your private status got to do with this person's life so as a result of you know years and decades and you know so much energy like this is kind of you know from the outside and I don't know whether it is from where you sit, it feels like a victory moment, right? Absolutely. So, can you talk a little bit about, like, so what Ta-da. the, <laughs> like, like what the what the first, the the first kind of quote concession that they made, and yeah. then if you have any, like, what what changed and what happened because, like, the demands have been met. Yeah, yeah. Or have been promised, let's say. Yeah, yeah. If we could just get a, a full timeline uh, of of the campaign. So it started in 2010. Damien was shot August 15, 2010. And and oddly enough, I met Damien June 2010 mm-hmm. in the at the U.S. Social Forum. I went with Fly. Um, and then he was killed two months later. And then the campaign, our first march, um, was uh, his birthday in September of 2010. Mm. And so ever since then, it's been because our campaign was grounded in direct action organizing. And so it's been nonstop um, protests and actions and marches. And we did a lot of teachings and things like that to educate people in the beginning. Um and, and over the years, it's just progressed from, like, using a multitude of different tactics, uh, like reaching out to state reps and, and, and politicians and folks and using them for whatever they were useful for. And then, <laughs> That's and this, so wrong. I love that. <laughs> and then this last year, this last year was my favorite year, I think, because we really turned up yeah. hard this last year. Like, I've been arrested uh, four times in 2015, um, majority of them due to the the trauma center campaign fight, and I'm also technically banned um, from where we are right now. Like, F the rules, we <laughs> <in>. <laughs> <laughs> and, But um, gang, gang. and and I I'm, think that, that I want to just time out on that. Yeah. Can you like? And I hope you know. Forget By it. By the time they hear it, it. we'll already be gone. <laughs> hey man, it's a podcast. They're not even here anymore. Um, but you, they, you're, you're technically banned from the campus. Yeah, because in this That's last year, <laughs> and this last year, and a part of our strategy was escalate because we had been asking for a meeting with Sharon O'Keefe and, and Rob Zimmer. Sharon O'Keefe, Sharon O'Keefe is the CEO of the, um, the University of Chicago Medical Center, and Rob Zimmer is the president of the university. And so we had been, you know, demanding, begging, requesting to meet with them for five years now. Right. And so it's like, okay, you're gonna ignore us for five years. Well, let's let's show you what happens when you get ignored. Um, and so we did, in particular. Um, like, we block traffic on the Magnificent Mile, right? Um, we block construction sites over here for the past two years. But the thing that they that got us banned um, was in June when they were kicking off their alumni weekend. We barricaded ourselves inside was, the admin here. building. I was here when it was happening. <laughs> we uh, barricaded ourselves inside the admin building, and, you know, it took them two hours to get us out. And, uh, and what was crazy is that it could have took them five minutes to get us out if they would have said, Rob Zimmer, I'll meet with you. And we'll set that up. And we would have left. 
and it wouldn't have been no drama. But instead, they chose to call the fire department, call the police department, break down um, walls, their own walls, and tear up windows, and send people why, off to jail. Why are they destroying their own property? Why are they destroying yeah. their own community? You well, know? They could just be building a trauma center. Yeah. Those looters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they were. <laughs> um, so, I mean, so with that, they decided to issue a ban on folks who were who participated in that action. Were there any current current students? Uh, there was one grad student a part of the action. Um, that person wasn't banned. There were also alumni folks who were part of that the action. They are banned, but I think it's hilarious how they like ban their own alumni, like people who pay during alumni week. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know the contradictions are endless right. <laughs> with this institution. So, so, so that was kind of the escalation. Now, now let's get to the point of they were kind of like two victories mm-hmm. um and, and 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 the most recent kind of caught me by surprise um so how from your position did we get to where we are now and where are we well we were relentless um and i think that has everything to do with us calling and, and living by being fearless um youth and so we through being relentless i think the university kind of was like okay finally um we'll talk to them and so after the action in june Around August or so, um, we had started having these private meetings with Dan Polanski, um, hoping to get, you know, a commitment to something out of these meetings. And we were promised three meetings. And after the first two meetings, um, all of a sudden, there was this press conference that came out in September that said the University of Chicago is going to open up a level one trauma center at Holy Cross with Mount Sinai Health Systems. Um, Which is where, for the record? That's at Holy Cross is um, it's on 65th, and I want to say Pulaski. So it wasn't on campus, but they were going to give resources and some support. Yeah. It's Which, actually not technically not close no it's but not it, but it's still technically the south side it's closer it's still it's still the south side it's definitely a neighborhood i actually lost a homie that stayed um not too far from that hospital on 70th and Talman. he was gunned down right in front of his home and i lost him in april so to hear that news in september was just like you know i don't want to curse but it hurt it, it hurt bad because it's like, you know, my homie could have went to that trauma center had the University of Chicago listened to us five years ago. Mm. And then they they came out with this decision, you know, they didn't say nothing, despite being in meetings with them, they didn't say nothing um, about did, this. Did that feel like a victory moment to you then? It was a bittersweet one. Yeah. That was real yeah, bittersweet sure. because it was like, yo, y'all can do this on y'all campus. There's no reason why y'all can't. And any reason that y'all give why y'all can't is just BS. Yeah, and so, yeah, and the fact that the that hospital was cl- – and the whole point was that, you know – um, the the trauma centers that exist are already too far, and that hospital is already close to the one that's out in Oakland. Right. So it's like, yo, I live in South Shore, you know, and so I want to know that if anything happens to my little brother when he steps outside of our house, or anything happens to me, that you know we can go somewhere close to our neighborhood. Right? Because does that mean? Because it's easy to kind of racialize the issue because yeah. gun violence is such a political mm-hmm. racial construct. Um, but you're saying also that people who suffer from bad car accidents yeah, don't yeah, get the treatment anything. too, right? So it's just yeah. it's just life. It's not yeah. like, oh, these black people are killing each other. Exactly. They deserve to die. It's like exactly. any physical harm that comes to me can't but, be treated. But even to that, for me, it's like, yo, you know, <laughs> if you're not going to talk, and I said this, because uh, that came up a lot, right? And my whole thing was like, if you're not going to talk about the police that are in our neighborhoods, that's you know, facilitating crime, if you're not going to talk about the fact that the schools are closing in my yeah. neighborhood, all School that, dozens. then I don't want to hear what you got yeah. to say about gun violence. The closing of the mental health facilities. I, th- exactly. Like, if you're not going to talk about the systematic divestment in black people and how that has led to the increase in poverty and the increase in death, like, I don't want, care what you're saying about Absolutely. gun violence. Absolutely. Um, why don't we give everyone a second to catch their breath and then we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll keep going. Um, I'm going to play a song for once not from Chicago, the artist. It's kind of a big moment. But (laughs) one of the artist features on this track is actually playing a concert in Chicago this week. Uh, Kirk Knight performing with Alan Kingdom and a couple other folks from here. Um, This is Chelsea Reject featuring Kirk Knight. It's called 47. You're listening to Ergo Radio, WHPK 88.5. Yeah.
waste my time. Awkwardly stepping all over these decrepit bricks. Represent life is a movie, leave them all in suspense. Mama heard that I was spitting. Except I've been getting habit, I don't know the difference. Cause even when I feel low and I'm sober, I'm lifting. Wait a minute, give it time, give it time. I just gotta stay committed. This is the shit that I love. Really putting everything on the line, so I know that I can't give it up. See, I tried to go to an art school, but I learned that the canvas is us. So I dropped out of that art school. Fuck a degree, need a craft right now. Need to make life count. Need something to me when I smoke on that loud. I reach out. Fucking with me so Looking at the past Coming the best Like how could you be so cold All the memories so old Even though it all went down Something like a week ago Don't ask me for a feature though Ask me for a feature though Look at me We count you though Let you know it's on the flow Burning, burning, burning Don't come to me Don't come to me Don't come to me I'll drop a seat Out to sleep Stretch the week Crumble under treading feet Amongst thieves these days, how I'm supposed to feel these days. Faces change like mitosis. Who could come the closest to the finish line? Never studied, but seem to osmosis. Knowing that the knowledge is more potent, but so different. Feeling like I'm supposed to host a listing pigs, throw the dirt on their name. Demon saying angels aim over people, slaving over stoves, overdose ain't cracked up to be. But more unhappily, mind states malinate the crime rate like my salary, man. That BK battery just taught to keep wilding, teach more violence, and I ain't buying this. Selling dreams remain silent, completely honest Only good human being is a dead one by the following Came from the dirt, is that dead man rising him So when the sun shine, load those parades on parades And start 47 styling Don't come to me, don't come to me, don't come to me I'll plant the seed Back on WHPK Air Yeah, yeah, Go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blah. See how that energy y'all just brought, that brought was to, a, the, to, the, to the show? It was uh, you gotta turn it up low sometimes. key concerning. Are you okay? I know you're dealing with an injury right yeah, now. Yeah, man. Oh, y'all. Let's, let's take a quick time out. You want 20 seconds. Yeah. Yo, I <laughs> cut the insert curse word here out of my foot the other day. So I've been limping around looking real crazy. If you see me out in the streets and I'm marching on one leg or something, no, I'm all right. I just am clumsy. Well, I've been saying it for weeks, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I think now, like, for the first time in my life, I think I could beat you one-on-one. Mm. No, 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 no. That's, that, that's actually false. That, that's, we're not even going to entertain that. So, Veronica, because <laughs> now, now we'd be in disrespect, because um, that's what I do. Um, Veronica, you, so, so, so how does it feel to, like, so many people either have to start becoming politicians or teachers or go to jail or die <laughs> if we look historically right before mm-hmm. before they get to see a victory yeah. in this work that we're doing especially when you're like opposing power structures yeah. so like this is historic especially for chicago we've had so many if we're going to be honest failed campaigns mm-hmm. over the last 60 years yeah, it's um so you won we won we won, and it, you, are are you skeptical of the victory? No, yo, I I wish they would try it. Um, <laughs> I'd be in jail for real. <laughs> um, but no, like I definitely, it feels like victory. You know, I've been on vacation for like two weeks. I'm still on vacation, <laughs> and I've just been enjoying myself. And because that was the reality, like I may be dead by the time a trauma center actually comes to the South Side, and I and I sat with that, and I was okay with that and okay with fighting for however long it took to fight this fight so to know that uh, that we did it in five years when nobody said it could be done and a lot of people were just like it's not gonna happen and only the people who were like close to us that was like y'all gonna make it happen it feels amazing yeah that's crazy because five years sounds really long but yeah. actually if we're looking at historically yeah y'all did it pretty quick yeah so in the you know you said you sat with and prepared for like the acknowledgement that it might not happen in your lifetime mm-hmm. but did you ever sit and acknowledge like the possibility that it might happen this fast no. like how jarring was it to be like oh uh thanks Tim like yeah. what what not like what do we do this actually like 
is exactly what we were asking for. Because that so the victories are so few and far between. And this year has been, or 2015 was a moment where, you know, there were full victory, a few full victories and partial victories, mm. in a way that you know isn't to be taken for granted. It's definitely amazing. Like that, I had a moment where it wasn't like me being egotistical or me being like anything, but I really was like. Um, I have this huge Harriet Tubman poster on my wall and I was just looking at it <laughs> and I was just like I wonder what she felt like when she crossed over in Canada and didn't have to go back you know yeah. like that moment where it's like I you know I did everything I could do and I did it well you know and I, and I looked out for my people and and I played my part and so that is a lot to sit with and, and then try to figure out what to do next from. Because yeah, it's a black person. Young. Yeah. <laughs> like being young and black and from Chicago and queer and all of that. I'm prepared to struggle every single day. Yeah. Every day. I have to be. And so now trying to figure out, okay. And that too, like, it's like, okay, I don't have to struggle for this anymore. Right. But there's definitely still a struggle out there. But then you, 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 you hand back like one frame mm -hmm. and there's so many other fights yeah that are so interconnected but it's like you still need or maybe i'll pose it as a question like do you have you felt the need kind of as you turn your attention to other uh i keep using war frameworks which i don't <laughs> like but battlegrounds mm. like to take a second to breathe easy like you said you're on vacation like do you know how to breathe easy in that? How, no. How how, how, are you, how, how is the, the the process of taking care of Veronica? How is how is um, as they say the self care going, or or where do you see room for that? I'm the worst at it. Anybody that knows me and like knows me as an organizer will tell you I'm the worst at taking care of myself. In five years of this campaign, I took a vacation one time in October after the initial concession happened, and. Then I came back home and, um, you know, then the whole Laquan McDonald thing right. was popping off. And so as an organizer, my goal isn't to win campaigns. Like, I want to liberate my people. Right. And so, you know, I want to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a, a month off, a, a month or two off. But how can I? You know, how can you relax when a day after Christmas CPD gunned down a mother and a child right. and calling an accident? Right. Which is I, oh man, I didn't even expect to go there, but like, I'm so furious yeah. with that. Obviously, because it was like, come on. But then the complacency of the media, yeah. the fact that they keep printing that it was an accident, yeah. and it's like, how can you just use their defense in public information every day by the time it gets to any type of investigation? Right? They always talk about like we can't mess with the investigation. But but they keep calling it an accident, <laughs> like letting them off the hook because they said yeah. it was an accident. And That's I just want to know how you accidentally kill somebody through a door. Through a door. Through Why a door. are you shooting? Yeah. But but we we we. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah. But, I but mean, look, we're rushing past self care. But, but that's, that's, kind of, that's, that's, that's what how I it do. Happens. <laughs> so yeah, that's exactly how it happens, though. I think, and then like, I think part of the challenge is to find, and this is something I've been thinking a lot about the last couple of weeks, like coming out of the holidays and just you know time where there's not that much light in the sky and things yeah. get harder. Uh, you're so poetic. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> someday I'm gonna, someday I'm gonna say something poetic and you're just gonna let it cook. Like you're not gonna be surprised. <laughs> um, but there's got to be another model, right? Which yeah. is not like I go hard for six months and then I take a week off. <laughs> yeah. It's like I try to breathe a little bit more like in the midst. And I don't know how to do it. That's like something that, you know, from the, wherever the strange position I stand, I'm struggling with, you know? I can't say um, not to be on my Drake stuff, but I went out a little bit more mm. um, after the last one. Because the last <laughs> one... <laughs> not on your Drake stuff. We got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the, the week that they gave, like, the final, this is what the University of Chicago is going to do in terms of a trauma center, that Friday, um, folks were having, like, a collective birthday joint. Uh, mm. Shout out to Paige. And Malik. Yeah, and Jason. Yeah, and Jason. <laughs> Baby Jason. Shout out to the crew. Um, and so we went out, we had fun that night, and that and that was dope, and we turned up, and that was cool. And then the next night, um, I was like, I'm going to go out again. And I went to a strip club Ooh. with friends. And, and so that was, you know, trying to do little things like that to enjoy myself. Yeah. But I, I really enjoy organizing. Like, mm, you know, awesome. I really find self-care to be the black brunch thing. Um, the Black Run Shia action that happened on the first day of the year. That was self-care for me. Which I think, like, from a 
just like visually is super like impactful. Well, but what was it about that? First of all, can you describe what that move, that action is? And then yeah. what is it for you that's restoring in that? So it was my first time ever doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. We we, uh, we actually started it uh, yeah. at uh, MLK last year. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a crazy experience. Yeah. And so we just, we just, um, we walked into diners and we did this super dope mic check that really centered like the reality around CPD, right? That it's not just about training and tasers and bigging up the budget for all of those things, but it's about the fact that people are murdering people and folks who are chilling up in Lincoln Park having brunch, enjoying themselves while, you know, people are mourning their lives. On some bougie ass ex Benedict. Real, like, yo, this dude was so pressed. They get Bloody so Mary got tipped over. Serious about their brunch. <laughs> yes. It's like we're on to something for real. It's yeah. crazy how much yeah. they love their brunch. It is. It is. But it was so, but the fact going in there and seeing how. Folks care more about their brunch than giving literally five minutes, yo. Five minutes <laughs> yeah. to hear folks out about some truth. You ready for the poetic sentence? Go <laughs> They care more about their Bloody Mary than the blood in the streets. Ooh. Ooh. Pars. 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 Drop it. Drop this. <laughs> Another one. If the mic wasn't hooked to the studio, I want to unhook the mic and throw it on the floor. Um, real, real quick, I, you, um, I want to take a moment to also big you up again because you mentioned um, the Laquan McDonald. Um, era we're in now and, mm-hmm. how, and and that has been such a shift and we can kind of talk a little bit about the impact of that a little bit later uh but but first i want people to know right that like when the video happened when the video released um people took the streets immediately mm-hmm. um and that happened not by accident right that happened because people were organizing um and it was a space led by black youth it was a space that centered and was led by black young women as well um and veronica you yourself was like probably one of the most um influential people in getting people to sit down and prepare the week before when we knew it was coming out um so one i just want to commend you uh, because as a lot of people are like rushing the cameras right now and it's like saying we're we're leaders you know you actually I, I i wouldn't have been as prepared if it weren't for the, the the space that you created. But that was more selfish than anything. In real life, like, I didn't want to be alone when that tape mm. came out. And I didn't want to, like, and, and I didn't want it to just be like, I, and I love my fly family, but, you know, I didn't want it to just be us looking at us, you know? Like, I really wanted us to hold each other as young black people in the city doing work. Um, and because and, and it's stuff like that, you know, we deal with a lot of things. But things that are that heinous and that gruesome and that just yeah. openly, like, on some real white supremacist yeah, stuff. like, vile. Yeah, it, it rips you. And I didn't want to, I, def, I didn't want me and my folks to have to handle that by ourselves at all. But that and, feels like a selfish impulse. <laughs> that, that I just, I'm, I'm yeah. interested in this because I think, like, it's, it's the internal work that goes with the external work. Like, yeah. you're like, it felt selfish to not want to be alone. That's, like, to me, the most natural instinct in mm. a moment like that, you know? Mm-hmm. The, I think the reason, and the reason why, you know, I throw selfish a lot of, around because um, I like to give. Mm. And I think that's where I, who I am naturally as a cancer, July 8th, whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> and so I'm really cancers, into I know giving. selfish, man. What you talking about? <laughs> I don't know them. <laughs> you listen my name. <laughs> no, I just thought about my best. <laughs> um, but and and so to me, it, and also you know, you don't know what people want to feel. You know, I didn't know if people wanted to cry. I didn't know if people wanted to hurt. But I wanted somebody to do that with. You know, regardless if that's what people wanted. And so that was that was it. Like in the the superficial value of it, you know. Mm. Um, so let's take it all the way back. Uh, where in the where in the city did you grow up? East side. Um, I have a hard time claiming the east side and the low end because I think I spent uh, 23 years. I think I spent about half of those years in both places. Mm. So those are, but definitely um, the east side raised me. South Shore specifically. Yeah, right? yeah. Because South Shore is, you know, people people say what they say about it now, but you know, it's always been that way. You know, Kingston has always been terror town. 79th Street has always been hot. And 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 so the police have always terrorized over there. Yeah. It's not too far from Blackstone. You know no. What I'm so that's, no. that's 
Ja Ford. That's you know. The, yeah, the yeah. That's that nation. Yeah, and when all of those and when and when factions started to break out and things like that, and like '90s kids started getting involved and things mm-hmm. like that, it became it became even more you know wild wild east, and it and it 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 showed me. You know, like I got cops where I live on Manistee. It's cops walking distance away from my crib. But when shots rang out down my block, the first people that show up are my people. Mm. You know, and like living like that and watching that, like how folks say we're so dangerous and that's such a bad neighborhood and you shouldn't go there. But there's so much love there for other people and so much concern for other people there, more so than any cop will ever have for us. Mm. So that 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 built me in a way. So I I want to um you know what 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 about your home life, right? Growing up east side, I know you went to to High Park Academy. Mm-hmm. Um right cuz cuz basically what you're saying is you graduated in 2010. Yeah. Um and in 2010 you began organizing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so you hit the ground running as an 18, 17 year old. Yeah. Um and and what about your home life? What experiences shaped you or prepared you um at such a young age to intentionally take that route um the first thing that comes to mind was my mom having to work like a dog my mom having to work really hard for us to be poor which mm. is like what is wow. this <laughs> wow. how does that happen you know my mom's working 16 hours a day two jobs, two, three jobs at a time sometimes. And yet we can still f- barely afford to keep the lights and the gas and everything on at the same time. Um, and so to me, I knew something was wrong there. And then also, like, being an older sister and having a young brother, um, just seeing him, you know, like, the, the options for him, right? It was so easy for him to get involved in, in, in street games and in all of those things, more so than it was easy to get him in, like, an after-school program. Hmm. And it was just like, that doesn't make any sense. And then when I got to high school, um, you know, the things that were available to me, the options and things that <laughs> opportunities for me, someone who you're being told you're finna go to college and the world is your oyster, and yet, you know, I can I can go out here and get a gun quicker than I could go out here and get jobs. With a high school diploma. And that was like, you know, something right here. You know, it's like it was like I, I was like, is I'm being set up to fail. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in here is something like faulty. There's a trap door yeah. that everybody that's black seems to fall through. <laughs> Coincidentally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much younger is your brother? A year younger than me. Oh wow. Yeah. And y'all are close? We have our differences. Mm-hmm. I will say that. But the love the love it doesn't go anywhere. That love and that concern and that protection, you know, I do what I do for him. I don't care what differences we may have. I I fight this way because I want us to be able to live better. Yeah, man, that, that's that's <clears throat> that's beautiful. I I I remember you saying something uh, at the forum a couple of weeks ago about um, you were reading the assassination of Fred Hampton, and that's and something in seeing those processes click things in into view for you. Uh, and I'm kind of like going through. Th- that text now yeah. uh and so I, i'm just wondering how how did you right because it's more than just there's a lot of kids that grow up in south shore that go to high park and know that this isn't right mm-hmm. uh but you have a special perspective mm-hmm. um especially if you're saying your experiences were limited um was it was, was it something in your relationship with your mother or was there someone else in your life was there some space in school or out of school um, that that began to to funnel you into seeing these things or an um, example of someone that you saw it doesn't have to be someone you knew personal no um my homie fresco i went to high school fresco we both went to high park um fresco is an organizer been an organizer in chicago for a long time um and and she would always come around on some some Malcolm X stuff. Yeah, Fresco go like, hard. <laughs> what are you talking about? Where is the poetry club at after school? <laughs> but um, she uh she came through um, 
over to my house one time, and she had this book with her. And um, I just remember reading the back of it, and it was just, like, going hard about, you know, black people and black liberation and all of that. And I had never heard of any of that until she came around. Right, right. And That's so dope. I got intrigued. And, and so I started reading books because, you know, that was my getaway, was reading books and writing and all of that thing and poetry and stuff. And so I wanted to be able to write about my people, and I, but I had to learn. Mm. about my people first because I definitely wasn't being taught in U.S. history. Nothing about my people. That's so interesting because um, people probably don't even know you as an artist. They don't. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and probably, and I share that some in some spaces too. Um, and, and it's interesting um, that th- that was a lot for me too. Like, I want to talk about this stuff mm-hmm. and I want to articulate it, but I don't think I know fully what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And then when on that journey, yeah. it just gets so eye-opening yeah. that you're like, oh, man, yeah, cause when I, I can't just rhyme about this. You right, because when I read the assassination of Fred Hampton, that's when I was like, there is a trap door. <laughs> there are people that's I like... see it now. There's <laughs> are, there are people that's out there plotting on my, on my demise as there's, a black woman. There's evidence for your hypothesis all Absolutely. of a sudden. You know, big words for the day. But yeah, no, but yeah, no, it's like this thing that I've been told over and over again I feel crazy for thinking of it's like oh no this is actually true yeah 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 um where were you writing what kind of writing were you doing man when I was in high school I I'm, I, I tweeted this last night that I mourned the creative person that I used to be because I could write about anything in high school I, it was that carefree and I really put my pen down um when I started organizing because it was no longer carefree organizing nobody tells you that how intense organizing is. You're dealing with not just your struggles, right? But you're holding the struggles of other people. Um, you're holding the struggles of not just people around you locally, but nationally, in a global sense. It's so much to wear as a 17-year-old. And, and then it makes you public, right? So now people are coming up and, and interacting with you um, as if you have some type of responsibility to them because you're yeah, doing this. Yeah, and I had to remind folks, like, yo, I'm not out shopping. I will curse you out. <laughs> and, and, and so it was a lie. And so a lot of times when I would go home that, and think of that first year organizing around the campaign, I would go home and I would just want to sleep. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, you're not about to, you know, write some couplets out here. No. <laughs> but I do think, you know, one, one of the spaces where... You know, in addition to uh, at the front of a, of a protest, one of the spaces where you're most visible these days is, you know, dealing with media. And, you know, I see you in interviews, uh, no, no, no HBK interviews. We're talking like uh, <laughs> like on some like news channel type stuff. Yeah. And that quote battleground, I think like you'd be killing them joints. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be smacking them. Oh, I'm going to curse up. Man. <laughs> I appreciate you be killing them joints. <laughs> but I think like it goes with that, like the the people coming up to you naturally drawn to you like charisma is a quantifiable resource mm. like it's Ooh. a thing mm. there we go there's another one um no but it is it's like a, and first of all i made a list of all these phrases that i wanted to work <laughs> in for today they're all on my phone i'm staring at them right now <laughs> no but uh, I, 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 t- I take back my mm. that was, that was you, you prefer if it's improv yeah you gotta be off the top bro. um yeah Rip, i'm bringing these but exactly. <laughs> no but i do think like charisma is this thing especially uh in dealing with media you know, and I think both of y'all, you know, have moments where you see people drawn to you and turning the microphone to you with this assumption that you have these answers mm-hmm. because you walk through spaces with a <clears throat> a charisma or a gravitas or like an understanding that doesn't necessarily mean I have all the answers, mm-hmm. but it means like I'm here, I'm about this, I'm present. Um, in dealing with like media and the the, the BS, I, I even like hate making it that vague. In dealing with the BS as framing and framework that like a you know a Fox Channel or like the news here does, and then you're going into that space and calling them on their ish basically. Yeah. Um, first of all, why do you feel comfortable doing that? Like, how do you feel comfortable doing that? And also, why do you want to? It's funny because in the beginning. It was like I had to, right? When you were assigning roles and it's like, who's going to lead the chance? Who's going to do this? Nobody wanted to talk to the media. <laughs> nobody. And and I was, I, I did um, 
slams when I was in high school. Mm, I still out in a bomb oh, and all respect. of those things. <laughs> and so I was fine with getting on a stage and talking in front of people. And so I saw the media that way. And I was like, you know, I can keep a cool head and keep everything on message. It was, to me, I never thought of it like as a charisma or anything. It was just like a skill that I needed to lend yeah. to our movement. Absolutely. And so that's what it turned into in the beginning. And then... And then um, the closer that I got to the work and the more I got developed in the work, it was everything that you said. Like, I'm about this life. I am the directly impacted. I, I live in these neighborhoods. I go through this and my people go through this. And so um, I and, and everybody else. Also, it was also majority um, because all of the fly members are that. Right. Um, some folks even more so than me. Um, but folks were comfortable with me doing that. And we're like, you know, we trust you. And so I I went with that. Cool. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, we don't have a ton of time, but I do want to bring it up. Like the expectations get challenged because, uh, you know, the expectation of the male charismatic leader yeah. is so prevalent. Like who they turn the microphone to mm-hmm. is so prevalent. And it's this like, at least <sighs> as a consumer of that media it feels like a like a reclamation of like no like I'm the one who needs to be talking to you yeah, like yeah um, yeah it it got in it got to that for me maybe like around 2013 the more I understood like doing this work introduced me to male supremacy man, so much man. it's so funny how so. we internalize patriarchy within the movement yeah. and so I. I, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Y'all got me messed up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the work. That's, that's I part think, of the work. I think also to, to your uh, eloquent and profound pre-written question, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no, you, you do your work. You do your work. But I, th- I think another, another point of like the, having the answers, people looking for you, the answers, I think there's the confidence that you don't have all the answers that yeah. allows you to speak more freely and honestly mm-hmm. than those who... Um, posture themselves as like unofficial spokesmen without really having that authority i mean no one can really have all the answers especially when you're talking about a large mass of people like Mm -hmm. we're fighting for um so so how do you have that comfort of like publicly learning right Mm. i mean it's what i want to do i mean that was that was also a reason why i love books and poetry and all of those things so much because it fed me as a person and so it's a it's a goal of mine to publicly learn and to be like, hey, I can't answer this question. I don't know the answer to this question, but I would like to, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like that's essential. It's important. All right. We just we just gonna do a left turn here. We all about um, we all about that action here at Ergo Radio. You know what I'm saying? And and I think these. I think as as organizers, we are expected to not have you know beef and not be real. Um, <laughs> and, and and so. We do this little game. We're going to put you on the spot um, because there's another sect of the world that people kind of wash away from confrontation mm. and they go unchecked and there's no accountability. Mm. So what I need to know from you <laughs> is if you can name from any era an R&B singer, name one R&B singer you got beef with. Whoa. You got to have beef with an R&B singer. I know you didn't know this was going to happen, but we do this every I week didn't. here. B for the R&B singer. You got to let them know. Let me tell you. I had mad and total beef with Genuine. And Whoa. What a why. surprise. Is it the baby ears? Was they, are they too jailed out? You know. Just crispy. <laughs> crunchy, baby. <laughs> my, my beef with... My beef with him is it's it's all boils down to like you know <laughs> where did you go you know like that lost father I oh, live he abandoned us I I right I grew up in the nineties I think so Timberland I, abandoned him I listened to a lot of his music coming up I did and I and I I prefer him over like a John B or whatever like uh-huh. I might have more beef with him than Genuine but <laughs> I hold Genuine accountable because it's like yo you dropped off the face of the earth and then when you came back really thought you was gonna do it like that whole TGT yeah, thing yeah that was whack and then it was whack <laughs> that J was it was whack. like genuine come on bro you had, you had real love one could even say your love was uh genuine <laughs> oh man I didn't see that you, you, you give me every he time he his Jay-Z on yeah, right you now you give me every yes. time so yes. like that's interesting cause like that's that's be from a place of love cause yeah. you're saying like as a fan you have let me down. Yes. <laughs> you let me down. We need you. We it? needed you. Oh, that's so funny. Bad. And I think, I, I, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good turn we need to make. Because like as R&B is in the shambles that it's in, 
we need to look at like what happened and it is the the absence of the genuines of the world it is genuine did had a he had that crack i'm not gonna lie he had it. <laughs> that crack. if pony came all right now oh, yeah, you I would it lose it. so anxious oh my god what I'm renewing my vows to that joke. Well, we're gonna use it. We're gonna use that as the outro music <laughs> for the episode. Not even lying. We are. Yeah. Wait, do you wanna play? Okay, I think we uh, we, I, I felt like we were gonna skip it, but I think we I think we got time for it. Yeah, let's do it. So that was our our one weekly segment. We have a second one, hmm. uh, which is which is my favorite, and you're also getting put on the spot because I didn't prepare you for this either. Uh, but so <laughs> here, Ergo Radio WHPK eighty eight point five. Um, Ergo on SoundCloud, Ergo Radio on iTunes, Ergo Radio on SoundCloud. Shout out to all the podcast listeners. Um, we focus on strong young voices. Mm. I think you epitomize that. You are a strong young voice in the city. Um, but with that focus on youth, we want to make sure we're always imparting knowledge mm. and some wisdom on the young folks. So we got this game called Let Me School You Young, mm. where we play an old school track that you may have heard, you may know like the hook Uh-oh. to. Right, uh-uh. uh, but we gonna educate people and see if you know okay. the artist and the name of the song. Um, okay. And if you do, you qualify. You enter to win for a chance of a six month supply of Brandy's new extra large headscarf line. Oh snap! <laughs> I need that extra large. <laughs> you know, you know her scarves gonna cover okay. all dobes that all exist. Right. <laughs> um, they they double as a tablecloth runner. So 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 two things can happen. One, you can school the youngins. You can know, or you can be a part of the youngins that gets schooled. So, so either way, you win. Really, yeah, I'm fine. Either way. <laughs> so we're not gonna tell you what it is. We're just gonna get to it. Okay. Much love to everybody out there listening. Let me school you, youngin. Wow. This life must be treating you well. Oh, me? Well, I've just been doing the same old thing I've always been doing. You know, I've got a new lady now. And it's a little different than it was when I was with you. You know, I think back to when we met. The way I used to be and the cold way I used to act. But more than that, I think of how you changed me with your love and sensitivity. Remember when I used to love them and leave them. That's what I used to do. Use and abuse them. Then I laid eyes on you. It was my claim to fame with every measure taste the teardrop stains yeah I was cold as ice long ago So he he talked a long time up top, so we had to cut that early. <laughs> but but it looked like you got it. Absolutely. Whoa, what do you think? Who do you got? Let me school you, youngin. You got an answer for us? Oh, that is Fire and Desire by Rick James and Tina Marie. Boom, 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 boom. It was easy. I threw you a lot, but but I want to give her credit because often people kind of struggle and like mint and uh, but she knew off the first note. She didn't even have to hear her talk as soon as it came on. She didn't even have to hear it. Title Rick, and artist. Rick James waxing rhapsodic. We didn't even need all that, you know. 
Um, congratulations on the win. Uh, the head scars will be arriving in an extra large box in the next three to five weeks. <laughs> Word. So, um, real quick, before now, now that the world knows that you're an artist, we're gonna let you in with the piece. But before we do that, uh, I just wanna let everybody know uh, my organization, the Let Us Breathe Collective, is opening up a new movement building space. We're gonna talk a little bit more about it next week, but it's called mm -hmm. Breathing Room, and we're gonna be launching on MLK Day, which is January 18th. That is a Monday. It is located 3609 West Cermak in the North Lawndale area, um, and we're gonna be doing some really exciting, fun, multidisciplinary things. But if you want to be a part of helping it become a success, this Sunday... What's the, what's the date on Sunday? Because I realize on the podcast, they don't know. What's the date on Sunday? The date on Sunday would be the yeah. 10th. Uh, yes. Yeah. 8 minus... T yes. Minus 8. <laughs> so the 10th of January, this upcoming Sunday, we're going to be taking the pink line. We're going to be bringing food and hot chocolate for people. We're going to be performing on the train yeah. and letting people know that there's going to be a new community, community space and resource um, because we are trying to not only build collective consciousness within the organizer community, uh, but make organizing and resistance more accessible to those most affected. Um, so that is Breathing Room. You'll get a, a more detailed pitch next week as we get ready to launch. But I invite you all, please, 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 if you are interested, reach out to the Let Us Breathe Collective, either Let Us Breathe 2015 at Gmail or Let Us Breathe 773 on Twitter. Um, and come get it cracking with us. It's going to be a great time. Now, one more plug. Uh, and this will be ongoing for the next couple of weeks. Another organization we do a lot of work with, you hear us talk about them all the time in the year, Young Chicago Authors, yeah. does this big festival called Louder Than a Bomb, which you said, Veronica, you were a part of. Uh, they just put up the form to sign up to volunteer. We need a million people to come help out. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing way to get involved with what's going on in the city and hear some strong, really young voices, um, but help facilitate uh, that. So the sign up on there is on youngchicagoauthors.org. Sign up for that. Come through. You might even see me moving some merch right outside. You know, who knows? I'm going to just come and help. I'm not going to sign up because I don't want to be held accountable. Everybody else sign up. <laughs> but I'm going to just show up. It's all about accountability. <laughs> nah, <dude. laughs> nah, not me. Not me. I'm just going to show up, move something real quick, go home. Um, all right. We're done. So rude. Please bless the people. Um, so I, like I said, I haven't uh, written a piece in years. So I wrote this when I was 16. Um, and it's called Female MC, and it's the most favorite thing I've ever written of myself. She stands tall in her five foot three stature, confident about her words because her talent is natural. See, she ramsacks through whack MCs, poets, and rappers, a lyrical disaster. She creates mind twisting metaphors and sickness similes. She's similar to no one. She is a nuclear takeover with the notebook, master of destruction on the microphone, the antidote for the video vixen, the lyricist with the lyrics that make all the guys shiver and quiver as she blesses the mic. Cause she's something like the Aphrodite of poetry, beauty on the beat, forcing crowds to their feet, or better yet, bow down. This female MC doesn't need a roughneck. See, she is the roughneck, the damsel that causes the distress, leaving pens and pencils in need of penicillin. Her flow should be considered a violent, vicious virus. So to say that she is sick is an understatement. Continuously underestimated and yet grown men want to be like her and little boys want to follow her footsteps and still she stays humble. Doesn't feel the need to brag on the obvious clothes size comfortable because her poetry won't be defined by D cups. And in her heart lays lyrics heavier than any bra can contain and she cannot be tamed. Cover girl can't cover up her hunger for this. She doesn't believe in Maybelline because she knows that she was born with this insane thing that makes her flow from the membrane gangster instinct to shoot guys and leave them covered in ink stains. Consider her mouth a deadly weapon. The new age Bloody Mary bathing in the blood of these self-proclaimed kings single-handedly annihilating all these underground gangsters, new age wangsters. These cats think they spit fire, but she is the baker, hip-hop Medusa. The writing game, Undertaker, the one-hit wonder slayer. She doesn't need seven days to be a bitch. You can get the magic every time she spits. No questions, asks, period. And still they doubt her. So she sits in the back of the room, patiently waiting for the host to announce her. Yo, yo, boy, 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 boy. Bars. Bars. That, that was from when you were 16? 16. That's Man. why I said I miss, I miss. You got to you got to start writing. You got to get, get back, back to, to writing. It. But, you got to get back to speaking. But I do have some over. stuff on SoundCloud. You got some well, um, plug everything. Plug you can look me up on SoundCloud Veronica platforms. Bars, Veronica traditional spelling B A R S and um that's my name on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all that. 
Yes. That was unbelievable. That was super dope like and a it. surprise. You know what I'm saying? Thank I was you. like, oh, let's see what this is. But nah, you came with the weed. This is old bars. <laughs> yeah, no, we came skeptical. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I would be, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's the best kept secret in That's Chicago. Love. Nah, that, yeah. nah, nah, that, that yeah. was dope. I just want to end with once again saying thank you so much mm-hmm. for your leadership um, and for the work that you've done and what you've done for this city and what you've done for these people already. And I'm so excited that I get to be around and see what's to come. Yes, uh, yes. We got to have you back because there's like a whole nother hour of stuff we got to talk about. Uh, but much love. That was Ergo Radio. You got anything to say to the people, man? Nah, man. Thank you so much for being here, Veronica. Thank you for and, having uh, me. And apologies for the, the, the one-person intro up top. It felt very lonely up here. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's man. nice to have the whole I'm squad back, right back together. Y'all were so cute. <laughs> oh, They've been sharing a microphone this whole time. It's so cute. <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh man, yeah, no, it's uh, my it's, dad uh, called like... you a quality buddy. <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Ergo Radio WHTK. Yeah.